Reading from the Old Testament this morning from Deuteronomy 14, 20 through 22 through 29. Set apart a tithe of all the yield of your seed that is brought in yearly from the field. In the presence of the Lord your God, in the presence that he will choose a dwelling for his name. You shall eat the tithe of your grain, your wine, and your oil, as well as the firstlings of your herd and flock, so that you may learn to fear the Lord your God always. But if when the Lord your God has blessed you, the distance is so great that you are unable to transport it, because the place where the Lord your God will choose to set his name is too far away from you, then you may turn it into money. With the money secure in hand, go to the place that the Lord will choose. Spend the money for whatever you wish, oxen, sheep, wine, strong drink, or whatever you desire. And you shall eat there in the presence of the Lord your God. You and your household rejoice together. As for the Levites, residents in your towns, do not neglect them. Because they have no allotment of inheritance with you. Now every third year you will bring out the full tithe of your produce for that year and store it within your towns. The Levites, because they have no allotment or inheritance with you, as well as the resident aliens, the orphans, and the widows in your towns, that they may come and eat their fill, so that the Lord your God may bless you in all the works that you undertake. This is the word of the Lord. Would you pray with me? Almighty God, pour out your Holy Spirit on me and on all of us gathered here. Lord, take my words and make them yours. Take all of our thoughts and make them yours. And take our hearts and set them on fire for you. Father, we love you. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Um, so a couple years ago, well, almost two years ago exactly, my, my sister got married two days after Christmas. Uh, it was kind of cool because I, I got to officiate her wedding in the church I grew up in, which was a neat time for me. Um, but you should know that my parents, um, my parents, after we both moved out of the house, became wine snobs, uh, and they never had been before. So we don't, don't really know where that came from or why it happened. But it's like we left the house and they decided to take up drinking. Um, <laughs> and, and so they have, uh, they have these memberships with all of the little wineries out in the hill country where they, they pick up like wine by the case. And the problem is they buy more than they drink. So their house for a very long time was just full, like wall to wall with bottles of wine. Uh, it was kind of, we, we kept asking them, how are you ever going to drink? Why do you keep buying wine? You, you don't have enough, and they didn't really have an answer for it. Um, so when my sister got married, they decided the best thing they could do was to, to instead of having to buy drinks 
from a caterer is they just took a bunch of the wine that they had already bought, and that was what they gave it at the reception, and I didn't make a dent in their collection, but it was a lot of wine. <laughs> so, so, you know, we're at this party, and, just, we, and I helped my dad carry the cases of wine into the place, so I know it was a lot of wine, but, but the point was, right, they were so excited and, and overjoyed to share that occasion with everybody that they were more than happy to also share uh, this, these gifts that they had bought. This thing that they just, they just wanted to share with people. So they offered it free. Uh, note that they didn't do that for my wedding, but that's... <laughs> they didn't have the wine then. I, I got married too early. Um, I should have waited. You know, but, but my wife and I have, have talked about, you know, for maybe when we celebrate like our 20th anniversary or something. You know, we got married young. We were a month out of college, so our wedding was, was beautiful, but very, very simple. And... Um, We've kind of talked about, you know, one day it would actually be nice to do, maybe like on our 20th anniversary or something, do like a vow renewal. And when we do that, uh, we want to go all out. I mean, just have a massive party, invite all our friends, pay for the best food we can get, have an open bar, just make it a, a huge, extravagant event. Just because we want to celebrate the good things that, that have happened in our life as a result of our marriage and the way that God has blessed us through that. And we want to spread the wealth. We want to share it and celebrate You know, in, in, in this passage, do you realize that God commands the people to party? I mean, listen to this, right? If, if, if it's too far for you to carry your offering to the temple, you take it, you sell it, you take the money, and then literally spend the money for whatever you desire. Oxen, sheep, wine, or strong drink, which is beer. So... God says, it's fine for you to buy booze and drink it. That's right, your pastor said that. <laughs> whatever your appetite craves, take the money. Buy whatever you want. Buy whatever you're hungry for. Buy the thing you could never afford to buy and eat it and drink it and celebrate and rejoice. Make it an occasion. Make it a huge party and, and be overjoyed and enjoy the good gifts your God has given you. I think, I think way too often Christians think we're not supposed to enjoy things in life, right? Have you ever, you've heard the phrase, like, it's so good it must be sinful? Yeah. Uh, I, would, I would argue that based on this passage, that, that little phrase is kind of sinful. Do you know that God gives us good things for a reason? He gives us things we are meant to enjoy for a reason. Now, it's true, you can abuse good things. I mean, he, he tells his people here to, to, if you want to celebrate, buy some wine and beer and have a party. In fact, all throughout the Bible, wine and beer are associated with God's blessing explicitly, and yet there are also uh, passages in there that caution you not to overdo it. So all these good things, you can abuse them, and then they become a problem. But, but it's important to understand they don't become a problem until they are abused. You're warned against gluttony, but you're also told to throw a feast to celebrate a good, a, a, a happy occasion. Do you know a wedding feast in, in ancient Israel was literally like a seven-day-long affair? And you were eating and drinking wine the whole time? Have you ever been to a, a Seder dinner on Passover? you know how much wine they drink? In the garden, the night that Jesus was praying, you know why the disciples kept falling asleep? They were hammered. 
you have like a full glass of wine after all of the courses of the meal. And they're small courses. There's a lot of them. They each drink like a full bottle or two of wine on their own. They're falling asleep because they're drunk in the garden. God gives you good gifts. He likes it when you enjoy it. just doesn't want you to overdo it. And, and the, the mistake we make is we tend to veer too far into the category of worrying about overdoing it. And then we deny ourselves the enjoyment of things that God gives us. And there are times in our life, to be sure, when God will call us into self-denial so that we can focus on him. There's times when God calls us to fast and deny ourselves, right? Deny yourself, take up my cross, and follow me. Those are there. They're important, and they matter, and they have their place. But there are also times when God tells us, have a good time. Enjoy yourself. I am giving you these things so that you can enjoy them. And there's a, a reason for it. It's not just that God loves us and wants us to be happy. That's, that's true. But do you know that the, the things in this life that are good, that, that give us pleasure, are all meant to be a foretaste of an eternity spent with God. They're there to give you just a taste of the eternal bliss we're all destined for. God gives you a foretaste of heaven. So he wants you to celebrate. And he wants you to include everyone in the celebration. And how fitting is it that on Pastor Appreciation Sunday, we read a verse talking about, make sure you don't forget the Levites who were the priests in the temple because you've got to bless them too. It's, it's in the Bible. I didn't make it up. The real concern there, of course, is just that God wants you to make sure that every one of his children is is included in the joy of the celebration. But bear in mind, this is their tithe. This is their offering. This isn't just extra money they have left over at the end of the month. This is them saying, you're going to go and in the temple, in front of the holy place, and you're going to have a big party, all of you together. You're going to have a feast. You're going to enjoy yourself. You're going to be spending money on things you wouldn't normally spend money on, and you're going to enjoy it, and it's going to be okay, because you are celebrating what the Lord your God has given you. Do you know when this was told to the Israelites? It's before they've gone into the promised land. They haven't built the temple yet. They haven't even built the wall around Jerusalem. They haven't moved in. Deuteronomy is Moses' last sermon to the Israelites. And if you ever think my sermons are long, read Deuteronomy, because I don't know how long that thing took. And they were standing outside in the desert. You're welcome. You get air conditioning. This is his last sermon. After this, he dies. Like the book ends with Moses going, all right, bye. And he goes on the mountain and dies. It's the last thing he says to them before the crossing of the promised land. In other words, they don't have any of the things he lists here yet. They don't have livestock. They don't have crops because they don't have farms. They have what they can carry on their backs. They have the manna that God provides them every morning, which they aren't allowed to gather extra of. Right? They gather just what they need for that day and no more. This is all something that God is saying, by the way, when you go into the promise land, I'm going to bless your socks off. This is the land flowing with milk and honey. I will make it fertile and I will bless you and you will have crops and you will have livestock and you will have things to celebrate. Isn't that beautiful? Here they are in the desert. They've been wandering for 40 years. In fact, none of the people to whom Moses is preaching can remember life 
before they were wandering in the desert because they don't go into the promised land until all the people who were alive when they left Egypt are dead. Moses and Joshua are the only ones left who know what that was like. These people have only ever known an existence of wandering in the desert where they have nothing extra, no extra food, no extra water, no extra possessions, and everything they have has to be able to carry on their back. Imagine for those people what it's like to hear Moses saying, God is going to give you more food than you can use. God will give you enough, in fact, so that if you can't carry it to the temple, you can just sell it for money. God will bless you to the point where you can go and have a great feast and celebrate. Frankly, some of them probably couldn't quite wrap their minds around the level of abundance that God is describing. And actually, that's the point. So much of this is a caution against the people of Israel going in there and forgetting, forgetting who it is who gave them all of this abundance. Reminding them that God is a generous giver and he wants them to enjoy their gifts properly and in their right place. You notice he doesn't just say, you should just, whenever you want, buy however much alcohol you want and just enjoy yourself. That's not what is in there, right? It's a special occasion. Go crazy. Celebrate. Don't do it every day, right? Live in moderation. The Lord is a generous giver. And even, even when they are giving what they have to the temple because they have to, it's their tithe, he wants them to do it in an attitude of celebration and joy, knowing that they are giving back to God a tiny little fraction of what he has blessed them with. And knowing that even then, God says, it's okay for you to celebrate and be joyful. You know, generosity is the proper expression of our gratitude to God. And I think I've actually said that to you before. Um, it, it's, it's, it's the correct response when we recognize in our hearts how good God has been to us, to spread it around, to find people who need it. But celebration is the other half of that. It's not just giving, it's also celebrating. And being joyful and thankful. It's actually very much the reason why we, on the day of Thanksgiving every year, why we have a great big meal and gather with our friends and family, right? It's not, it's not just a day to pig out and eat food, although, thank God, right? It's also a day to, to celebrate everything that's been given to us. In fact, this year our church is doing a pretty good job of, of, of balancing both of those things because, you know, we've got the Thanksgiving for a thousand thing going on. We're feeding a bunch of people. We're going out of our way to take care of people who, who need it. And then on the Sunday before, before Thanksgiving, we're having a Thanksgiving meal here for us. We've got both sides of the equation. We are being generous and giving back, and we are celebrating what the Lord has given us. So good job. Pat yourself on the back. But we also have to look forward. What are we going to celebrate next year? Look at all we had to celebrate this year. We had, we had VBS this year. Can I, can I tell you? I, I came here from a church that hadn't had VBS in like three or four years. Do you know what happens to a church when the children's ministry stops doing things like VBS? It's not pretty. Once those things are gone, getting them back 
It's just about impossible. We had vacation Bible school this year. We had hundreds of children in our church being blessed by you all. Thanks be to God. Even the pumpkin patch. Right? You, know, you know how many churches a pumpkin patch is just a way to make money? But, but what a great story that was of a man who, who was blessed by this church through Celebrate Recovery and, and whose life is completely different now than it could have been, who was quite literally saved by ministries that were going on here in this church, prayed in our prayer garden for God to change his heart and, and be saved, and now is back in our pumpkin patch with his family taking a picture in the prayer garden where God met him and pulled him out of the pit. Amen. Glory to God. What a powerful thing to celebrate. That, that we can use something as seemingly mundane as that to celebrate the way that God transforms lives. Look at all the stuff we have going on every week. We have kids here on Wednesday night, not just learning the Bible, but also learning how to praise God in worship. We have youth. You know, you know everyone up here who does our praise music except for Hope is a volunteer? Is that not worth celebrating? You know how hard it is to get people to do that? I do. It's not easy. You know how hard it is as a person to volunteer your time to do that, especially if you're not a trained musician? What a joyful thing that is. We as a church have so much to celebrate and be joyful over. It's so easy for us to get bogged down in the things that are going wrong and the difficulties and the struggles and to look at the empty seats and wonder when they're going to be filled and to worry about the budget and all of those other things and to worry about maintaining the building and to worry about how we will be the church in 2022 when the world is increasingly becoming hostile to our faith. But you know what? We have so much more to celebrate than to be afraid of. Amen. See, that's what we're doing here with these pledge cards. It's not just about putting together a budget. It's not just about making sure that you are checking off another box on the good Christian list. It is about committing. Committing to another year of celebrating what God is doing. We are giving in the expectation and the certainty that God has done great things and will continue to do great things. We're giving in the expectation and the certainty that we will have things to celebrate that this church is doing in 2022. Just imagine this time next year what kind of things we might be able to list. Imagine the lives that might be transformed or the stories we will hear, all of which are made possible by what you are committing to today. No, my friends, this is not just a practical matter about making sure we, we can plan a budget. I mean, th th that's important. Please don't misunderstand me. But it is so much more than that. We do this in the expectation that God will take our gift and multiply it and bless people with it. And we will hear more and more stories of people whose lives are transformed by things that go on at this church. Amen. So we're going to celebrate. And, and we'll come, and, and, and in a minute you'll, you'll come and kneel at the rail, and you'll, we'll pray over you, and we'll celebrate. And then there's a reception after the service, and I know that the slide says it's the pastor appreciation reception, but I think it's perfectly appropriate to also use that time to simply celebrate all the good things that God is doing in this church. Because 
to be honest, I've only been here a few months, but those good things tend to predate my time here, don't they? Y'all have been doing good stuff long before I was your pastor. So we're going to celebrate. But we should bear in mind, the party is only just beginning. And I cannot wait to see what God is going to do in this church in 2022. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.